Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Uh, Dune, let's do Dune. All right, let's do Dune. Let's do Dune. Let's do that Dune. Yes, let's do that Dune. Let's do that Dune that you Dune so well, uh, Denny. Uh, there you go. Uh, welcome back to the Visually Stunning Movie Podcast. I'm Mark. That's Ryan at the other end of the mic. How are you doing this morning, Ryan? Well, good, I think. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> you guys don't know that, that Ryan's going to nap, and, and I had to text him to wake him up. Uh, let's, let's, let's do that Dune. Yeah. Let, let's talk Dune Part 2. Now, we had slightly differing opinions on Dune Part 1 in that I was upset that I didn't know going in that it was half a movie. Uh, which is fair. Which, yeah. Fair. So, so my end result was that I didn't dislike what we saw in Dune Part One. I was upset that it was not a complete product, um, and that he needed sure. to land Part Two to make this work. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. So let's let's That's- get the technical crap out of the way. Dune Part Two picks up right after the end of Dune Part 1. It is 2 hours and 46 minutes. Again, we are in an epic length film. Uh, the There's not a problem with it. Okay, so look. So, yeah, Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer, I didn't begrudge the three hours. Killers yeah. of Flower Moon, I totally begrudged the three hours. Um, yeah. Right out the gate, I don't begrudge Denny Villeneuve no. The t- the two hours and forty six minutes. I I think he showed terrible restraint in in this uh, <laughs> to keep it under three hours. Uh, no, but okay. So let's 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 talk about it for a minute because there's a lot of stuff going around. It's not out yet. It comes out next week. Um, we saw it. Uh, our screening was uh, at Dolby Atmos, so we got mm-hmm. all of the sound. Uh, there's a screening again Monday in IMAX, which I'm going to. Go mm-hmm. see. So I don't know if you are as well, but I'm I, I'm I'm interested to see it just as big as humanly possible. Yeah, we'll see. Um, I, we'll see how things sort. Um, but so, like I said, so this movie picks up literally right at the end of of part one. Uh, but it's weird uh, because uh, Villeneuve chooses the start of this film to introduce us. To uh, uh, Princess Irulan, played by Florence Pugh, who does a voiceover to narrate the interregnum uh, between films, which is really all of about 30 seconds, but catches you up on everything and where we are now. Uh, I thought that was an interesting choice. Um, And it kind of harkens back to the narrative duties uh, from Lynch's version uh, back in the day for her. Uh, and then we jump right in. 
uh, once again, uh, I, I, I may have said this in part one. Uh, people dog day, uh, Lynch's version, um, of Dune. Uh, but I have long said that, that as written Dune is actually unfilmable. Therefore you have to find a way in Lynch took a way in and, and made a movie. And I still enjoy Lynch's version. Um, yeah. uh, Denny Villeneuve picks his way in and has given us now two parts of a movie. And you, you'll note the, uh, the ellipsis at the end of that statement. Um, yeah. And he, but he's chosen his way in. So this again, Dune is a political treatise. If you bother to read it, that book is just politics from beginning to end. And that's a really boring movie. It's a great book, but it's a really boring movie. Um, so I think what's, what's cool is that, um, anytime there's a political debate, uh, Denny always manages to frame it in it. It, it turns into a military battle. The political battles turn into military battles that are representative of the political battles, which cinematically are better to try to show an audience. Um, but even the religious stuff often turns into physical conflict in the, in his film, which also is more, it's more fun to watch people talking about religion than it is politics, but neither one is really cinematic. So I think it's, it's interesting that, that everything he'll, you'll, they'll, they'll start a political debate and it rolls right into a physical conflict and they'll start religious and it rolls into a physical conflict. Um, and this one is, I think this is more a religious movie than it is a political one. Whereas the first film was a very political film as opposed to a religious one. Agree or disagree? I think that's fair. I think, yeah. I mean, this is dealing with the rise of uh, of an individual who may or may not be um, the subject of a prophecy. Um, some choose to believe, some choose not to believe, some choose to be confused and kind of in the middle and not right. quite sure. Uh, no, I think that I think that's fairly accurate. Yeah, I think uh, it has shifted. Uh, the story does shift to more of a religious, um, yeah, lead us out of uh, Egypt sort of thing. Yeah, which of course, the, you know, well, there's going to be a lot of stuff which we'll get to in that because there's a couple points that I w- I wanted to make about some of the presentation in here. Um, look, so we get the whole cast back. A, well, the ones that aren't dead. Uh, Timothy Chalamet is Paul Atreides and Daya is Chani. Rebecca Ferguson is his mother, Jessica. Javier Bardem is still awesome as Stilgar. Uh, Josh Brolin returns eventually as Gurney Halleck. Uh, but then uh, again, we get this expanded cast um, where Florence Pugh comes in in a supporting role. Christopher Walken is the Emperor, Emperor Shaddam IV, I believe. Mm-hmm. Austin Butler uh, steps into. Uh, Sting's skinny jeans and is Fade Rotha. Uh, uh, Leah Sedu shows up for two scenes um, as a yeah. Bene Gesserit uh, of some import that may or may not fall into the ellipses that I had in my thing. You know, Charlotte Rampling is still here as uh, the Reverend Mother. Stellan Skargard is still um, Baron Harkonnen. So uh, it's it. He expands this cast. Um. And, and they're all really good additions for just from, mm-hmm. from an acting standpoint. And then the way he integrates their characters 
and develops them is is really interesting. I'm still marginally disappointed I don't get more Christopher Walken uh, because he <laughs> doesn't want more Christopher Walken. But I think we got just the right amount in this. Uh, Austin Butler is frightening here. Yeah. Absolutely. All of that, that like manic psycho energy that sting had in the Lynch version feels a lot more subdued, but just as intense. Yeah. I would say it's less camp, but you know, I mean, and that's not a knock necessarily on, on you know, yeah. Lynch's Dune. I think I, what I think is interesting too, is Lynch's Dune obviously had a major influence on, on this film. Um, and, and the one that, you know, I, I guess, you know, there's this this sort of notion that Lynch's film was so bad that no one wants to recognize that it existed, um, but that's not really the case at all. Uh, I think it's become you, you almost have to do some of the things that Lynch did, where people are going to be like, "Well, that's that's not how that's supposed to be," um, and I and I think you feel sort of that's elements of that, you know, in those narrations and uh, things in this film. Uh, no, I yeah, I, I'm sure there is a four-hour cut of, of this material of part two. Um, yes, yeah. somewhere at least a four-hour cut. Oh yeah, uh, the first cut. So yeah, so I'm sure there's a lot. There is a lot of stuff probably that got whittled away, but um, you know, there's not a lot of fat on this film, um, and that that I think makes. The length, you know, justifiable. There's no point in where you're like, oh, okay, this is just going on. You could have cut this down. This would, you know, there's no real point where that happens. Now, are there scenes where that could happen? Probably, but um, but they're know, few they, and they, far they between. Were, yeah, if they actually are there, and you never feel that way, um, you know, I guess if I if I watch the film with the idea of okay, we've got to shave 15 minutes, I may look at it differently, but. Uh, you know, just going in and seeing what it is and getting dropped into a lot of things. There's not a lot of explanation mm-hmm. um, for who some of these people are. It's it's almost just, it's assumed that the audience is smart enough to figure out who they are or to at least uh, grasp the general concept of what is happening. Right. Um, and I like movies that are are that um, that that don't feel like they need to. Okay, let's just stop and take ten minutes to explain. For all of you, you know, if they can if they can do it in thirty seconds, they do it in thirty seconds, and and I and I think that's great. Yep. Uh, let you, you, you we you know we just we just talked about how there's not a lot of fat here. There's not a lot of lingering. And one of the observations I made is that um, between the first film and this film, uh, he builds he builds this world right, and it's impressive to see these these vast desert scapes and all of this beautiful cinematography that is this world. And in talking about the length, um, the observation I made is that at no point as it, this, this is like, this is the dry land version of avatar and it's underwater Mm. world. But whereas James Cameron incessantly just had five minute sequences of just avatar tourism shots, um, to show off what he's done. Villeneuve does not do that. And, and I think that's the difference. Cause he, cause you, you literally, you know, he could have made, he could make a, an Arrakis travelogue video. There's sure. just nothing but, but scenery and the little, uh, you know, the, 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 the desert, the kangaroo mouse and, and, you know, 
all of that stuff. And he could have made five minute sequences of that to just, just show off the world. And he didn't. And I appreciated that. And again, that helps make the overall runtime more palatable than it might otherwise have been. Yeah. You know, you could probably, if you went in, you could edit together that, that travelogue video. Um, but that, that, that's, a, but that's how it's, you know, yeah. that's how it should be done. It's, it's integrated in a way that you would have to literally go back and pull a clip here, clip where, you know, whereas with the avatar stuff, it's just right there. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's in your face. It's, it's thrown at you. Um, you know, and, and obviously with Dune, the planet, um, no, that it, it's pretty important. It's part, it's a character in the film. Oh uh, God. And yes. the story. And it always has um, been. And so, yeah. And so I think the way that he integrates it in there as, as if the, the planet occasionally gets their, their say, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they, as much as any other character in this ensemble, it speaks when it needs to speak. Um, and, and so I think you, you can't make a movie without, uh, or this movie without having the planet play a major role in it. And I think, but it is finding that balance and, you know, is he showing off and, you know, is it, he's not. And that's, and that's, uh, he makes beautiful, gorgeous movies, but you never really feel like there's pointlessness to, to all of it. Yeah. Um, it seems to be beautiful with a reason. Um, and that's, you know, again, a film like this, you know, uh, this, this, this version has, uh, well, it's, it's hard for me. To, it feels like this has a little more action maybe. Um, and maybe it is because they're not as political. Um, but that said that the first one had quite a bit of action as well. So, it did. um, you know, so it, I don't know. It, it's, it, but what I think is, is really nice about this film and the first film is it doesn't feel like it's ripping anything off. It doesn't feel like if you were to see a scene from this, you wouldn't go, hmm, that could be Star Wars or, <laughs> you know, that it, 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 you know what I mean? But it, it has its own, own feel. It doesn't, it, it's, you know, and, and part of that's because of the, the material it's based on. Um, uh, but even, I don't know, there's just something special about this, this, this world that, that makes it different from other sand planets that we see in other sci-fi films and, and, and the like. And the tone, tone of this and even the tone of the Lynch film is, is different um, than what you get from space opera. Yeah. Um, this is, you know, I, I don't know. It's, it's, just, it's just something that there should, it should feel like other films, but it doesn't. And I think that's part of the reason why it's so engrossing for me. Hey everyone, welcome back to season nine of the Visually Stunning Movie Podcast. If you like what you're seeing and hearing, please feel free to like us, share us, follow us wherever you're listening to us, actually. Uh, If you're on YouTube, click subscribe. That would be great. Go to the website at vsmoviepodcast.com and that will give you links to all of our socials. It'll give you write-ups of stuff that's not audio, but you'll get pretty much everything there. So if you like what you're seeing and hearing, make sure you share it with everyone else. Now let's get back to the show. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. 
Get started today at plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. plushcare.com slash weightloss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah, and, and, and that, I, I mean, that's why this, you know, the, the original novel, I mean, and there are countless novels set in the, the Duneverse uh, at this point. Uh, but that original novel, I mean, that's why people had been trying to make a film of it. For yeah. because because it's because uh, it's it's pre Star Wars, you know it's post two thousand one, I believe it's post two thousand one. But it's got all of these. It it is a unique property in that it's a science fiction movie that doesn't take place in outer space. One, um, but it yeah. also has you know realistic politics, a realistic look at religion. Uh, it's 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 a really complete universe that Frank Herbert built that people have sent you know him and his son and some other writers have you know consequently expanded on but but it is it that does make it an attractive target and you don't want to uh you don't want to remove what made it attractive to you as a filmmaker in the first place to make the movie. And again, that that's hard given this. I mean, the source materials, the source materials compelling, but not always cinematic. So, you know, there is a balancing act, but so you have to do some things, but you can't take too much or you lose why you liked it in the first place. And then you wind up with some generic move or uh, some generic movie rebel move. So, um, but no, the, but yeah, so the, in this film, you know, Paul Atreides, um, tries to integrate himself into the Fremen society. Uh, and work his way up as a warrior rather than be killed. His his mother uh, is you know her choices are death or become their reverend mother. Uh, and you know and at every you know and Chani's job is to not try not to fall in love with Paul uh, while keeping him alive. Uh, and and to ground him and to ground him in so many ways. Um, but yeah, but you know, at every turn, people are trying. So his mother. Okay, let's. Okay, let me let me back up. The Bene Gesserit <laughs> sisterhood, for they and they, you know, for a thousand years, they've been manipulating things, you know, been mixing bloodlines, eliminating bloodlines, doing this, doing the other thing. His own mother conceived him against the wishes of the order. As a son, but is now almost actively working against his desires, Paul's desires to not be seen as the savior. Uh, the, as the answer to, to Fremen po- prophecy, a prophecy that was written by the Bene Gesserit. So uh, I, I jotted down on my notes as, you know, the, the hubris or, or the machinations of, of the uh, Bene Gesserit's are, they're boundless. Uh, oh sure, uh, it's it's amazing. Yeah, and she will she you know so he's actively working against his mother, who is actively trying to advance 
him, but not for his sake, but for the the order's sake. So the, again, uh, but, the, so, the, but the, the order would say not for this. <laughs> no, for the for the for the, for the for the for the emperor empire's stake or the universe's yeah. stake. Yeah, yeah, it's so again. So it's a nice mix of politics and religion while he's fighting a war for the practical purpose of trying to liberate the planet for the Fremen. From from the again, so there's all of the all of these things that are coming through. And look, let, let me let, let me let me get this out of the way because I've said it a hundred times. I am not a huge Timothy Chalamet fan. Haven't been. Yeah. I don't. I don't get it. Um. And he spent most of the first movie just speaking in hushed tones, uh, and not really showing me anything. And he spends most of this movie doing the exact same thing, except. At the point where he kind of, he doesn't accept his role as savior necessarily in that way, but he exploits it in a moment and in that speech, in that moment, he has shown me more as an actor than he showed me anywhere else in anything that I've seen him in. And so Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, finally timothy chalamet is acting for me so i i was really happy with that bit um and i thought it and i thought it was it it this thing is plotted so well every twist and it, yeah there's not a lot of fat because almost everything is relevant almost every line yeah. of dialogue is relevant almost every battle is relevant in some way four steps down the line until it comes to yeah. a head where he gives this speech where he basically says, fuck all y'all. This is how it's going to be. And, and it's, and it's, it's a beautiful sequence. I love it. I just wish I saw more of that. And we might. Yes. Moving forward because we are going to get a part three and that will be Dune Messiah because he's now, he's embracing his role as Messiah by the end, by really by the end of the film at this point, because it's almost like, you know, I, 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 I thought there was a wonderful bit uh, from Zendaya. Uh, when she's she's screaming at people, they're talking about the prophecy. She goes, "The prophecy is what keeps us prisoner." Yeah, because you're always waiting. You're waiting. This can't be the answer to the prophecy. No, this is a false prophet. You have to wait. You have to wait. You have to wait. So you're never free uh, of that prophecy. Well, it, it makes, yeah, and it makes you inactive. Yes, because you're 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 waiting for someone to save you rather than taking something and you know as a as a a group of people who have been, you know, turned into outcasts. Yes. You know, but, but it is noted that they are a large enough group of people that if they were to uprise, or if there's an uprising, that, that they would be formidable. But they're waiting for the prophet. Yep. To, to, so it's yeah, it's, it's you know, it's it's uh, it's the well, it's, it's good because it's true for one thing, right? Uh, and. And I love the way that, you know, does Paul really embrace the idea of, I don't know, Paul's such a, a, a question mark, I think, in this in this film and towards the end. And what is he really, I mean, is he just seizing the moment? Is he starting to believe? Or, you know, and I like the fact that that, that remains somewhat undefined. Um, and the people around him react differently to the way he evolves. 
and it's not always for the better. And in fact, in a lot of cases, it's it's an eye roll, and I can't believe you're doing this mm-hmm. sort of thing. And you know, again, this comes into: Do you believe the religious, you know, text, or do you do you think it's baloney, or you know, where do you fall on that? And then that partially informs why the people react the way they do. I just, it's just, it's just intelligent stuff. Um, uh, can, can I? Can I? Can I? Yeah, go ahead. Real quick, though, it's this is really you're right. This is really intelligent stuff. This is heady stuff that's going to make you think, maybe about things you don't necessarily want to think about or you hadn't considered before. But I had to laugh to myself when we had the life of Brian moment. Mm. Okay. Uh, because yeah, sure. I was just like, I can't believe they just, <laughs> I can't believe they just ripped up the life of Brian. Uh, which I love Monty Python, so it jumped right out at me. But, you know, only the true Messiah will deny his divinity. And I just like that, that, that speaks to uh, religious zealotry, that speaks to, uh, you know, political manipulation, that speaks to, I mean, I mean, that speaks to so much. It's so true. And it came out of a Monty Python film. Yeah, well, and, and again, and, and the reason why that works so well in the Monty Python film and it works here is it's kind of true because it's it's that false humbleness, you know, that sort of, um, because at some point if you're going to be a savior, you kind of have to embrace the role to a certain extent. Yep. I mean, you have to, you have to believe that, you know, you are capable. You are uh, the one, Neil. Yes. <laughs> and so it's that, 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 exactly. I mean, that's what... I mean, that's why that, that particularly the first Matrix film works so well is because that's kind of what it's it's exploring that whole idea. I mean, and this is mm-hmm. uh, you know it's even you see it to an extent stand in Star Wars. Um, you see, I mean, all sorts of. Uh, I, it's just, it, I mean, it, but the fact that you see it in this and it doesn't feel like oh we've seen this before, I think is what makes this just so interesting to me um and and you do question your relationship with with paul mm. as an audience member well what do i think you know how do what is what he how is his behavior you know what is driving his behavior and and as an audience member you're not quite it's not really told to you you kind of have to build up your own idea about it. And I just, and I love that. Yeah. I mean, you know, cause I let, uh, because it's not just, uh, you know, the Fremen saved him and his mother, you know, and he knew, and he wants revenge on the Harkonnens. It's not just, he loves Chani and wants to, you know, try to make her life better. Let's not, and there's, and of course then it's not all just, you know, people are pushing him to say that he's the savior. Let's mm-hmm. not forget how much guilt he has. For the fact that his father was trying to do the same thing from a different angle of attack before he was killed, which was yeah. harness desert power and free Arrakis. Mm. Um, you know, he he might not have made it free, free, free. I, I think eventually he would have gotten there, uh, Duglito. But um, but sure. he was he he kind of had the same thing, and then and now you know. Paul has inherited that on top of everything else of trying to stay alive, both socially and literally, you know, and keep his mom alive. And we haven't even discussed how 
Villeneuve mm-hmm. has um, addressed uh, w- the big question everyone had, which was uh, his sister, Arya. Yeah. Uh, which I think is a cool thing that he did the way he handles it. And it, and so I, I don't want to speak any more to that. Uh, but I think, yeah. the way, I think and- the way he uses that character and integrates that character is, I think it's interesting and it, and it still fits with the mythology that we've got. And we know from before, um, but it's not the same, which is nice. No, it's just, and I think I think some people may take issue with that element of the film because it does differ from what we've seen before. It does differ from from uh, what I remember from the text. Uh, but does it work? And I would say it absolutely works. Um, and maybe you know, uh, again, you think of the Lynch film and and that character had a a, a significant screen presence in that film mm-hmm. and they've cut, they've changed it quite a bit for this one um and, but again with your whole ellipses thing yeah. for this one is the, yeah is uh, i mean that's what that, that again that's what's kind of compelling about this is you know at this point um they could end the film where it ends mm-hmm. um if you're unfamiliar with the story um you probably see it as pretty solid place to end. But if you know the story, you also go, Oh, did it again. He did it again. Yeah. And I, and, and in my case, I was like, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> I think, you know, well, I mean, it's like, you know, it's like the extended versions of the Lord of the Rings. Those are my preferred go-to versions because it has more stuff in there and all of it is pretty important. And mm-hmm. yes, I could watch the shorter version and get essentially the same story. Right. But it's sometimes it's those little details and those little things, the artistry of the director, the, the choices that they make of, of how they present certain aspects and that, that makes something interesting. Cause this is a, you know, an interpretation, um, and and to a degree, it's it can only be you know it's a unique interpretation. You feel like no one else would would have necessarily made the film this way, um, and and I like that. And I and I actually like that about the David Lynch film, um, for as uh, I guess what as uneven or you know there's things that you can say about the Lynch film, but also you got to remember the the era that was made that they weren't really into doing three part movies based mm-hmm. on, you know, I mean, it just, and if a the, movie the was way, two hours, it was almost too long. Yes. And so, I mean, cause they wanted to be able to show it so many times during a day. Yeah. There's a lot, lots of, lots of things. They kind of moved away from, you know, we had the golden age of cinema where movies were as long as they needed to be. And some of them were even longer, but we had kind of right. reacted against that anyway. Um, so, I mean, it, 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 this is, this is, a, a film that that feels like it was allowed to be whatever it needed to be, mm-hmm. and and that trust that was given uh, is is paid off. Yeah, I mean, you 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 have to. Studios need to. We've talked about this. They need to let. They need to trust. A, if you're going to hire a creative, and not 
you know, not a director, chair, manager. If you're going to hire a creative, you have to trust them to a point. To a point, Zack Snyder. Uh, you, but you, you, you do need to, you know, but, you know, don't just turn them loose to go and do it. I mean, especially with the budgets like this would have had. I mean, you yeah. just, you can't. Well, and I, yeah. Yeah. You, and can, the, you can't do Zach, that. Zach, on the Zack Snyder side of things, I think the, the problem there was is they gave the wrong creator complete control because he, he, some directors are really good at certain things and some directors are good at a lot of things. I think Zack Snyder's good at a few things, but not necessarily everything. Um, and with, with Dune, we've, we've got, you know, uh, an artistic vision that melds with the script that melds with, I mean, everything complements each other. Yeah. Nothing is more important than, than the other aspect of it. Um, it's all incredibly important and it's all handled with the same sort of respect. And, and this, and, and this includes the score because there are moments where it's like, Oh, there isn't much score here. And then there are moments where, Oh, there's a lot there's of score, score here. here. You know, I don't necessarily, um, I, I don't know that I'm necessarily a fan of all of the throat singing the okay. that audio it, it 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 becomes grating after a time but you know i it's part of that world and i just have to live with it yeah so. well, and that's the thing. yeah i mean and i can i can see how that would be grating but i also think that it's it's it yeah it is it is such an established element of the world and of people of that mm. world that even even if it's grading, because there, heaven knows there's there's chanting and things that other cultures do that you know if you were to remove them from that cultural uh, sort of uh, location or whatnot, that wouldn't really work nearly as well. But right. as part of the big picture, I think it works. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I just um, again, there might be people who say, well, you've got all these great actors in there, and we, shouldn't we be spending more time with some of them? And and my response to that would be, well, the story dictates that. Yeah. You know, the the story dictates how much we see a character. And I think the story, in this sense, in this film, uh, dictates exactly how often we should see these people. And do you want to see them more? Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. There's things that you're like, oh, well, I wonder what so-and-so is doing during this period. But whatever they're doing isn't as important as what you're actually seeing. Right. So. Or choices that are made. I don't know. It's just. I, I mean. I, I. I love the thoughtfulness of this film, um, and I and I don't know how else to. You know, I, I I can give it the highest highest praise for that. I mean, I don't know if this is the greatest sci-fi film ever made. I, in fact, I would, would bristle against trying to determine that in the moment. Yeah. The, the, um, the, the, the phrase cinematic masterpiece keeps getting thrown around and I'm like, stop to yeah. stop. It's, it's a really good film. Yeah. Go and enjoy it. Worry well, about and, the and, and, superlatives later. Yeah. Yeah. In 10 years from now, in 20 years from now, let us look at that. Right. You know, let us assess that further down the line rather than, um, you know, it, it becomes, it becomes, you know, uh, poster quotes and it just which almost makes it seem less sincere yeah um, so let's just wait let's let's wait on you know and also let's wait for the whole story again uh, you know I, it's 
it's it's you know in the in the case of Lord of the Rings, it didn't win all its Oscars no. until the story was completed, and I and I think that there is logic in that. Do I think the third part of Lord of the Rings was the strongest? No, but it's where they finished the story. Yep, you know it's it's so we we that it's when everything came together and um, I don't know I I just uh, no I'm I'm. I'm really taken in by uh, by Dune, part one and two at this point. Yeah. Uh, we don't talk politics, so I'm not going to bring up something that I have in my notes. I'll put it in my written review. Uh, but let me, let me uh, as, as an aside, we, we've been talking about movies recently, and I keep saying February has been the dumping ground for movies. Yeah. Uh, it is February when we're talking about this. However, I would like to point out that it does slide under the, under the rail and release mm-hmm. on March 1st. Yeah, so that literally yeah. uh, Dune part two marks the beginning of the serious cinematic year. Uh, I think that's the way I'll put it. Everything before now, this, the, you know, award season starts now, if you will, uh, because, sure. you know, for whatever award you're thinking about this one, you know, this is, this is when the movies are going to start releasing that we're going to be talking about. We're not going to be talking about all of them. <laughs> Cause some of them are no. going to be garbage, but you know, yeah. from this point on, this is, this is where we're going to start having movies that we're going to be talking about in seven, eight, nine months. Uh, and that's, I, I, I'm excited. This is a great, this is a great way to kick it off. Uh, if we get more movies that are half as good as this, this year, it's going to, it should be a pretty good year. Should I, again, I can't guesstimate what people are going to watch. That, but it should be a pretty good year at the theaters if we get more movies that are even half as good as this. Uh, so I, I, you know, I'm excited moving forward. Yeah, it's just it's nice to. I mean, I think I think we all expected it to be in this area mm-hmm. of quality. So it's nice to have it actually be. Yeah. Um, to at least live up to, you know the. The general idea that we have. Yeah, I mean, um, it, my my superlative. If I had you know a gun to my head right now, I'm going to find it's magnificent. Yeah, I'm not going to throw out you know it's not cinematic. It's not the best science fiction film of the of the last decade or whatever you know ridiculous stuff people are throwing out there right now. But, and, and and the thing the thing about that is is it may be, but give us time to figure that out. Right. It's you um, know yeah I, not you know. Otherwise, you're in a situation where Rachel Zegler wins Action Star of the Year. So, uh, which is just weird. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's, it, 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 is, it, is, it is very good, and I'm sure there are superlatives you can apply to it. Let's, you know, let's not have a coronation yet no. on anything. It's, it's a little early. Slow your roll, kids. Uh, so, uh, but yes, Dune Part 2. Uh, March 1st, Friday, March 1st. Uh, I'm probably going to re- go ahead and recommend it. If you can see it in IMAX, see it in IMAX. I anticipate the viewing experience in IMAX to be better. Uh, but sound actually is really important. So make sure you get a good sound in your theater, whichever one you pick. So uh, there there you go. That is, that is Dune Part 2. Uh, we've got more stuff to talk about. We've got more stuff coming to watch, which we will. Uh, but until we do, don't forget to like us, follow us on social media at VS Movie Podcast. You know how all that garbage works. So uh, until we talk to you again, I'm Mark. That is Ryan. Bye, Ryan. See you, friends. Uh, and we will talk to you all later. 
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.